For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Las Vegas Raiders color commentator Lincoln Kennedy about the Raiders' wrap-up to an 8-8 2020 season. It was not the season the Raiders anticipated, certainly not after starting 6-3 and with a win over the Kansas City Chiefs, but for the second consecutive year, they lose five of their final eight games and they will miss the playoffs for the fourth straight season. All stuff we can talk about, as well as who they'll go after for defensive coordinator with Lincoln Kennedy, who joins me next. It's Wednesday, January 6th. It's my pleasure now to welcome in Lincoln Kennedy. You hear him doing Las Vegas Raiders color commentary. Lincoln, it's great to have you back on the podcast, man. This time, you know, we were sort of excited for the season last time you came on. We were anticipating a big year. And then we pull back. It's another 8-8 eight and eight season. They miss out on the playoffs for the fourth consecutive season. How are you doing, man? Well, I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you and your listeners. Uh, I, you know what? I, I appreciate the time, and thanks for having me. Let's take a look at this thing because, you know, everybody comes into the year. We had different, I don't know, scopes of what 2020 COVID football was going to look like. But on the first day of the offseason, you, you look back at what the Raiders did. At one point, they were 6-3. and three. They lose, uh, what was it? They finish 8-8 eight and eight there, so they lose five of their final eight games to wrap up the season. When you pull back and you look at this team, are they in a better position today than they were when they started the season? And, and what can you take away from this year? Well, on one side of the ball, they are better. I think offensively, they've been better. They were able to score more touchdowns this year than, say, a year ago. But that comes, you know, tongue and groove because it's a performance-based business. It doesn't earn up to wins and losses or earning more wins than losses. It's really hard to evaluate. But they lost a lot of ground on defense. I think that the defense continued to struggle under Paul Gunther. Not really sure why, uh, but they, you know, when they, they released him after the Indianapolis game, and the defense continued to struggle. And there were several times even after that game where the offense had put the, the team in position to win the game in the end and just couldn't close it out. So a 500 season for them, a little disappointing. I really thought they were a playoff-bound team, but there were a couple games that they just couldn't ignore, and, and the second half collapsed happened again the second time, the second year in a row. Yeah, and you mentioned that, that last year they finished 7-9 and nine and they did the same thing. I think they lost five of their final eight games. So I'm wondering, what's the key positive you pull out of this year? You say they're playing good football on one side of the ball. Derek Carr had a pretty damn good season when Marcus Mariota stepped in. He looked really good. The question is, how do they fix the defense? And maybe it starts with some of the spending this offseason, but if you're pulling away a positive from this season, what's the number one thing? Well, the pull away to positive, I think you could say, you know, Darren Waller became a superstar. Uh, we knew what he had a little last year, but he really showcased it this year. Josh Jacobs continues to improve. Derek Carr had another tremendous year. But what you would basically attribute to the second half breakdown is a level of predictability on offense. The offense needs to strive to become a little bit more creative, intuitive uh, in the second half of the season because once people get filming, you're going to learn how to slow you down. And I think that's what happened in John Gruden and his self-evaluation with his offense is going to have to pay attention to. But more importantly, it was just the d- defense. There were times the defense couldn't get off the field. They gave up points. They've got some good pieces in my mind on the defensive side of the ball. The first priority, I think, has to go to getting a defensive coordinator that can utilize the young talent because I don't think you can just totally revamp the defensive side of the roster. They don't have that much money to spend. But they've got some good pieces. They just have to get the right scheme for them. There's a lot of guys out there at the defensive coordinator spot or, or guys who could be elevated to that position. I know Robert Sala in San Francisco could be moving out of there and they could be looking for a D coordinator. And some names have popped up. Anthony Lynn lost his job in Los Angeles on Monday morning. I'm wondering about Gus Bradley. Is that a name you think might fit with the Raiders? Uh, it is a name that I've heard some with the, the Raiders as well as Wade Phillips. I'm not really sure where they were going. If I had a personal feeling, if I was involved, I really like them to go younger, a little bit more creative and innovative, because I think what you see on the college scale, which is sort of creeping into the pro level, is the way quarterbacks 
coming out of college, read defenses. It's no longer the standard cover two, cover four. You've got to be uh, creative enough to where you show one look and roll into another. I think Belichick has done a lot of that um, uh, in this past year with a lot of teams that he's faced, as well as uh, you know, defensive coordinator for the Giants by the name of Patrick Graham, really creative when he's uh, been you know, rolling defenses and changing up what you see from the snap of the ball. I think the Raiders – I would like the Raiders to go somewhere there. I don't want them to just go back with the old names that have been around because I think a little bit of that philosophy has changed with this current game. Yeah, Dan Quinn's out there, Raheem Morris is out there. There's a lot of names, as you said, sort of retread guys who, you're right, maybe a better move to pick somebody fresh or to elevate somebody and go from there. When you talk about John Gruden getting too predictable with play calling on offense, that's kind of a concern when you have a collapse like this back-to-back seasons really at the same point of the season. What did you see that you think is too predictable? You talk about how great Darren Waller's been. I know the running game was a little banged up there at the back end of the season. The, the final eight games, though, against Denver, it looked okay. How do you fix a situation like that? Is it something Gruden's got to look at internally? Is it a personnel issue? How do you change the predictability of a play caller for a team that hasn't gone to the postseason since he's been there? The core of the plays kind of remain the same, and the best way I can describe it, or to have your listeners just sort of envision it, is when you look at what Kansas City does. Kansas City under Andy Reid has a bunch of what they call multi-directional, multi, you know, where they, they try to cross up the defense. They roll out to the right, they throw back to the left, or they roll out to the right and they do a shovel pass underneath on, on the right. Just more creative that defenses hasn't seen. The thing is that, in my opinion, the last two years, after about eight or ten games, teams sort of get the drop on you. They know what you're going to do. They know what you level predictability situation. And, you know, everyone is somewhat sort of the same. When you, you think someone, something works, you tend to come back to it. Well, that can work for one game, but you can't do the same thing every game. So, for example, one of the core plays that we ran when I was playing with John Gruden is called Spider 2 and Spider 3. It's an uh, offset out-back formation where the fullback is to the left or the right of the offensive line, the tailback's directly behind, and it's a play action. The fullback is going to fake like he's going to block the end of the man on the line of scrimmage. He's going to run out to the flat. The tailback's going to cut him down. There's going to be levels where the fullback goes short, the tight end goes long, and the receiver comes for deep. Well, they've ran that several times. Now our team defenses see it. They know what to expect, and when they run it again, it gets negated. Derek Carr has not been creative enough with his legs to want to get out or to use his legs to get out of those situations, he sometimes throws the ball away or puts it in harm ways or comes up incomplete. So, I mean, there are things like that become a level of predictability after nine to ten games that you start seeing. You start seeing defenses shut it down. More examples, another example this year for the Raiders is that they've got some signature runs. They always have. And those signature runs worked well for Josh Jacobs up until around the time they played the Kansas City the second time in Las Vegas. Well, Kansas City, Steve Magnolia, the defensive coordinator, had a plan to slow it down. He negated a lot of their runs. Now, they still went toe-to-toe with the passing attack and were able to keep up with Kansas City's offense and made it a close game. But from there on out, the formula was set. Raheem Morris did it in Atlanta. The Jets did it to some degree, and the Raiders were able to pull off a miracle. But every team that they faced after that game sort of had a formula on how to slow down the run game, which made the Raiders one-dimensional, which took a lot of the bite out of their offense. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. It's great analysis of, of how Gruden has done things. And the fact that you're saying he's running plays or you ran plays with him that are something that they've looked at even this year, I mean, that's a book that you get on a head coach, right? You, you wonder if he's going to come back after taking a decade off and run some of the same plays. And that's the predictability you're talking about, that you can fool a guy one time, but you're not going to fool him multiple times throughout a season necessarily with the same plays. So interesting stuff I think that Gruden's going to have to look at for this offseason. But in mentioning Derek Carr, and you talked about his mobility and maybe not beating teams enough with his legs, the modern 
modern-day quarterback, it seems like, is not a straight runner, is not a statue quarterback. You've just got to be able to extend plays. All the great ones do it. You see Russ and, and Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. They're kind of in a class of their own. But do you think Derek Carr has that ability to be the guy, the athlete, that can move out of a pocket and the arm strength to extend plays downfield? Yes, but he's not cut of that mold. And what I mean by that is I've watched Derek Carr for eight years since he's been in the league. He's athletic, he's quick, he can run, but he chooses not to. It's just not in his frame of mind. And it's really kind of hard to change the tiger's stripes, if you know what I mean, if you're not cut that way. I mean, look at Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson used his mobility the first couple of years when he was in, in the league in Seattle, right? And then there were times he was taking hits, and he learned how to slide and get out of bounds. He had to change his game. He had that ability to use his mobility to extend plays. Kyler Murray's that way naturally. Jalen Hurts, I mean, we go down the list. Patrick Mahomes that way naturally. Derek Carr is more of the prototypical stand-up pocket passer with some athleticism. He just doesn't have it in his mind that when he sees an opening, he's going to run and use his legs. And that works as somewhat of a disadvantage against Gruden's off- for Gruden's offense because Gruden always gives you a place to go with the ball. However, if Derek Carr, who's done this in the past, comes off as a progression real quick and throws a check down, you're not getting really many yards or throwing it away. Or there were a couple times against Denver where he threw to a spot expecting the receiver to be there. And one of the times he was picked off, not reading the defense. He had a cover two look. There was a safety sitting right there. You can't throw the dig route in front of that cover two safety. He's going to pick it off. And that's exactly what happened to Denver. They ended up winning the game, so it didn't cost them. But those are mistakes that Derek has made in the past. More importantly, there have been times where teams have, especially this year, have doubled their main receivers. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, trying to get out for Henry Ruggs, have played man coverage. The protection was there for a while, but there were holes that opened up that he could take some yards, get some yards to slide down. He chose not to do it. So that's really the only thing I've been critical of him this year. He did a little bit more running this year, but not enough in my opinion. Yeah, you got to be an athlete at the quarterback position in 2020, now going into 2021. Hey, this offseason, just one more thought from you here before we let you go, Link. I'm wondering what the top of the wish list is. You know, there was a big receiver draft last year. They went out and they got a couple of them. Your thoughts this year for the offseason, either in free agency or in the draft, what's the biggest position or place of need for John Gruden's team? The first thing is going to be defensive coordinator. The next thing is going to be an impact player on defense. I'm not saying the Raiders have to be the 85 Bears where they're shutting everybody down, but they've got to be a lot better than they were this year. And more importantly, they've got to be somewhat middle of the road. They need to have an impact player. And an impact player on either level of the defense, whether it's a line, linebacker, or secondary. If you look around the league, teams that are in the playoffs have at least one or two impact players on defense. You look at what's going on with the Rams. You know, with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, I mean, you, you talk about the Saints' defensive secondary and their able to ability to pass, get a pass rush. The Raiders have not had a successful pass rush in the last couple of years, and they've been in the lower part of the defense, and they can't perform. You can't get yourself in the playoffs and make a run. So my priority is going to be first defensive coordinator and then, two, finding an impact player on any level of the defense. Lincoln, thank you so much, man. We appreciate the time. I know it wasn't the season you thought it was going to be from a broadcasting standpoint or from a from a success standpoint for the Raiders, but uh, it was great to spend some time talking football with you this year, man. Enjoy the offseason. We'll talk to you soon. I'm looking forward to the offseason. It's been a long year, guys. Take care and be safe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Man, you get him going on the offense and on a John Gurdon offense, you can get some pretty good insight as far as the quarterback play, the running back play, the spider 2 Y banana. I like that he threw that out there, too. He didn't mention the banana, but we all knew what he was talking about. One of my favorite plays, spider 2 Y banana. I'm going to tag it with Z over, but I want to run it from strong right slot, Z right. So real quick, I'm just going to show you a simple play that everybody runs. We can run it in the short yardage. We can run it in goal line. 
Appreciate the time from Lincoln Kennedy. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to us. We appreciate you sticking with us through the new year as we bring you all the best stories in Bay Area sports. And we're not done yet. On Friday, we'll take a deeper dive into the San Francisco 49ers 6-10 and season as they head into one of the most tumultuous off-seasons they've had under John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And then, of course, the national championship for college football on Monday night, Ohio State and Alabama. We could have guessed maybe at the start of the year that these would have been the two teams there. Well, they're there. Monday night, the national championship. So we'll dive into that next week. A little bit more 49er talk on Friday, but until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.